Welcome to episode 165 here on the Yours Julie podcast. I am your host, Claire Tuning. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and overall a human being who has really just been enjoying a few days of warmer weather and some sunshine and being able to actually step outside barefoot on the beach yesterday and not feel like my little toesies were going to freeze off. I got brave and not only did I walk barefoot on the beach, but I even walked down to the waterline and I touched my toe in the water and although it was brisk, it wasn't as frigid as I thought it was going to be. So all this to say, I hope you're enjoying a, you know, not so frigid day where you are, but if you still live in a frozen tundra, I just hope you haven't retired your winter jacket yet like I have, or at least I hope that I have. (laughs) But if you are tuning in when this episode airs, then happy National Nutrition Month. March is National Nutrition Month, and it tends to be a pretty busy time for anyone who works in the nutrition space. And I do have a couple of exciting things planned for this month that I am really looking forward to sharing with all of you. One of those exciting things that I just hinted at is a free masterclass that I am hosting next Wednesday, March 16th. So one week ago or one week from when this episode airs exactly. And I'm hosting that from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm calling this free masterclass an intuitive eater's guide to grocery shopping and meal planning. And it's going to be right up your alley if you are wanting to A, learn my absolute favorite tool in the whole entire world for planning simple, satisfying, and nourishing meals, and B, if you want to learn how to navigate the grocery store in a more time-efficient and budget-friendly way. Like I said earlier, this masterclass is 100% free, and I would love to have you there if you are interested, and it's going to be this upcoming Wednesday, March 16th, from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I do have a little gift that I will be giving to everyone who attends in live time. It's also way more fun if you can come in live time because you get to interact with me. There's going to be a Q&A session. There's a whole little you know chat box where you can talk with everyone else who's tuning in. So I will have something special for you if you can come live. Live, not lime. Man, I think I just make food puns so often that my brain just defaults to inserting food words instead of actual words. But if you are not able to come live, then you will be emailed a replay link so that you can watch the masterclass back on your own time. So register. I encourage you to attend live if you can, but if not, not to worry. You will get the replay link sent straight to your email inbox. Speaking of the link, well, the link to register is going to be in the show notes of this episode. So all you have to do is hit pause, scroll down, click the link there, sign up. And I really hope to see you there in one week. But another fun thing that I have for you this National Nutrition Month is this podcast episode that you are listening to right now. This episode is actually a rerun from an episode that aired a little bit over a year ago with my friend and colleague and fellow dietitian, Delina Soto. Delina, a little bit about her, and then I'll tell you what we get into in this replay episode, but she is a Spanish-speaking registered dietitian, and she works as one of the few 
few Spanish-speaking RDs in the Philadelphia area and virtually as well across the country. She teaches her clients how to ditch the diet mentality and keep their culture alive. So I wanted to bring this conversation with Delina back to the top of this podcast feed because this year's National Nutrition Month theme is Celebrate a World of Flavors, where we're encouraged to embrace global global cultures and cuisines and all of the different flavors that that entails. And that is exactly what Delina and I talk about in this conversation. So you can see why I wanted to hit replay and bring it back to the top of your feed. So during this talk, she not only offers us tips for embracing your cultural cuisine, but she also gives us some food for thought, pun intended, on what to do if diet culture has demonized any of your cultural foods or any of the foods that you grew up with and you feel are super important to you and they connect you to your roots. So without further ado, let's get into this replay conversation with Delina. Delina, welcome to the Yours Truly podcast. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. We, uh, we're both snowed in. Yes. <laughs> <Hunkered> down. <laughs> so uh, glad that you can bring a little bit of warmth and joy to my day, at least something <laughs> different than just like being stuck inside. Yes, being stuck in here. Yeah. But uh, let's go ahead and hop into this or that. Just some mm-hmm. uh, fun questions for the audience to get to know you before you formally introduce yourself. Sound good? All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, the first one I planned, and it was uh, inspired actually by the weather today. So do you prefer hot weather or cold weather? Um, I prefer spring, right? Like that hoodie weather where Uh it's in between where you like leave in the morning and you can wear like a nice little hoodie, take it off in the middle of the day, have like lunch outside, and then maybe in the late evening have to put it back on. That was a very specific <laughs> answer, but I know exactly you know the, the time feeling. of year that you're talking. I call that like long sleeve and shorts weather. Yes. Right? Yes. Oh. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Love. Somewhere in between where you could like live life and not be like too cold, too hot. Just yeah. chilling. Perfect temperature. <laughs> Perfect temp. Um, next one. This one is TV focused. So do you prefer... Hmm reality television or more of like a fictional drama type of tv drama i watch zero reality tv which i know is weird because everybody's like do you watch the bachelorette do you watch this i'm like yo i've never watched any episode of the bachelorette (laughs) or the bachelor i have no idea what it is i mean i think the last reality tv show i watched ever in my life was like the kardashians and like the real world like and that was a long time ago. <laughs> well, let me turn you, on, turn you on to something. I wasn't a huge reality TV fan before quarantine until um, TV became one of my <laughs> main hobbies. Survivor. Have you ever watched Survivor before? No. No? Never, I, I'm, I'm like, I'd be dead anyway. So like, I don't really care <laughs> about like this survival thing because I would never survive. <laughs> the crazy thing about Survivor is like these people apply to yes, go live in the middle of nowhere for 30 days. So it's like, no. you really got to be into it. There are a lot of super fans out there, but I have found it. I was never a fan pre-quarantine, but it is oddly entertaining. Like it'll really okay. suck you in. So if you ever decide that you want to dabble in reality TV, mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. definitely recommend Survivor. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind, but I honestly have like zero time to watch TV nowadays. So one day, 
true. We were, we were literally just talking before we hit record for everyone listening. It's like you not only run a business and are a dietitian, but now you have a children at home 24 seven. So your, um, your schedule is definitely maxed out. I am also a glorified personal assistant for my kindergartner who has to do virtual kindergarten. And I have to literally find her handouts, find her scissors. Cause she has no idea how to keep her desk organized yet. Right. Like, I feel like you learned that in school and she hasn't learned that because she's here. Yeah. So <laughs> everything's all over. Yeah, makes a lot of sense then why um, reality TV is not at the top of your priority list. No, not <laughs> yeah. at all. Uh, next question, do you prefer sweet or savory? If you had to pick one. Savory. Me too. Um, relaxing at home or going on an adventure? And let's pretend that mm-hmm. this is pre-COVID times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely going on an adventure. But depends okay. on the type of adventure because I might pick home if it's something like hiking. Right. Uh, <laughs> you would pick home if you had to go on Survivor. <laughs> yes. Would rather yes. stay at home and go there. I would stay at home. Maybe if the adventure involves like a nice spring day with a sweatshirt yeah, on and off type of situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Final question. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. I have no idea what I'm doing on TikTok. <laughs> As we were discussing before hitting record. But uh, like I said, it doesn't seem that you don't know what you're doing. So keep doing whatever it is that you are doing. And uh, people are loving it. And we'll, we'll, of course, plug where to find you on all of the platforms at the end of our conversation. But uh, enough of this or that. Uh, For those who aren't already familiar with you, would you mind sharing just a little bit about your origin story and what inspired you to become a dietitian and do the work that you now do today. Yeah, so I grew up in a very Latino household. I am first generation Dominican American, so Spanish is actually my first language, which is really weird to say that because I feel like I speak English so much more now, Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely learned English second. Um, and I grew up in a very intuitive home and I think that I just, I saw people dieting outside of my home, but it was never really like a thing. Like my mom obviously dabbled in some diets here or there, but it was never something that like I felt pressure to do, or I never felt like a lot of issues around food at my household. So like nutrition was never like a thing. Like I was just like, Mm -hmm. whatever you eat and you move on kind of. scenario. And so I actually started school for pre-med. I wanted to be a pediatrician and I'm very lazy. And I waited till last minute to sign up for like a gym class for my, you know, gen eds. I had Uh to take like a gym or like physical activity course my first semester and my advisor never told me. So I actually waited pretty late in the game, like probably like the last week you could register for a class. And he was like, yo, you're missing this credit. You have to take something. So the only thing left is nutrition 101. And I was like, cool, because I did not want to do exercise. (laughs) So (laughs) he basically signed me up for nutrition 101. And by the end of the semester, I was like, I'm sold. I want to be a dietitian. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. Little did I know what it actually took to be a dietitian. I had Uh no idea there was a dietetic internship. I had no idea all of the process it would take to become a dietitian. Um, But once I committed, I kind of went like full force into it. And 
Um, I graduated, started working um, in the community in Philadelphia as a Spanish speaking, you know, nutritionist slash dietitian once I got my, um, my RD license. And I realized like there was just something missing while I was, you know, working in these communities where it just felt like, you know, I, our cultural foods are not bad, right? Like I grew up eating this food every single day. I grew up with a mom who was a stay-at-home mom who cooked every single meal. Like I knew from the science standpoint that it wasn't bad, right? Mm -hmm. But coming from a dietetics, you know, schooling, they teach you kind of like our ethnic foods are, you know, higher in this and higher than that. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you've never watched it being cooked. <laughs> so, so you've never actually seen all the stuff my mom puts into this food. Um, so it was a, a, a really big struggle at the beginning, because I'm like, there's just a piece missing here that I have no idea what it is. And one of my really good friends was like, you should start a uh, not TikTok. God, no, that was even a thing back then. <laughs> you zoomed forward um, a little bit there. I did. I zoomed the way, <laughs> way far into the future. Um, no, she was like, you should start an Instagram and I can help you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I started an Instagram and then for some reason, the only pages I was finding was intuitive eating and health at every size. And I was like, okay, this is definitely what I've been thinking my whole life and or my whole career, but I didn't know there was a word or any research on it. I didn't know this was a thing. I thought I was crazy. Um, and I kind of like dove into all of the books and the research and was like, I can't go back. <laughs> like, this is it. This is how I'm going to have to practice the rest of my life because I know too much. I'm in too deep. So I kind of switched, you know, the way that I was counseling in my private practice, not by much. I mean, I was very much always, uh, you don't need to lose weight. Like you can be healthy and not need to you know, intentionally lose weight, but a part of me would still help people celebrate like, oh my God, you did this, right? Or did that. Um, so it was very like midway, kind of like a fake intuitive eating at that point, <laughs> you know? Yeah. As, uh, as Fiona Sutherland would say, like sitting on the fence. <laughs> yes. I was definitely sitting on the fence at that point, but I also didn't know that intuitive eating health at every size was a thing, right? Like right. I was doing this on my own without even knowing. Uh -huh. um, and then once I dove in, I was like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta stop this and we just got to find what works for you and your health and not celebrate things like that, obviously, cause that could be triggering mm -hmm. um, and kind of like completely switched, switched over. And I am here now. Yeah. It sounds like um, parts of your career and parts of the things that got you to where you are today were kind of like the stars aligning type of moments, yeah, right? Like way of. back at the beginning of your story, it's like, I missed registration for this gym class. I yeah. landed in nutrition. And then, yeah. you know, fast forward a couple of years and you start your social media and you're mm -hmm. finding all of these accounts that are aligning mm -hmm. with what you already know to be true. And then you realize intuitive eating is a thing and so it's yeah. every size so it sounds like um serendipitous in a lot of ways it, it does it does I feel like yeah. a lot of, I feel like a lot of us deal with that too right like I think mm -hmm. that it's not until you look back that you're like oh wow the stars really aligned there yeah <laughs> for sure but you have to look back and think about it right but what most of us don't go on podcasts and stay, say stories like this <laughs> so yeah we don't make it's, the connections um, yeah it's one of the many reasons why I love connecting with people in this format because it really gives a lot of space to 
share a story and learn someone else's perspective. And um, in a selfish way too, it allows me to, to learn a lot and, and make a lot of connections. Yeah. But uh, I have been following your content for a while. I actually had the pleasure of meeting you in real life, what seems mm-hmm. like a lifetime ago. <laughs> like it really wasn't that long ago. What was it? Oh. Maybe a little over two. Yeah, a little over two years. Has it been a full two? No, it was 2019, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was fall of 2019. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So a year and so it just feels like, you know, 2020 felt like five years. So <laughs> I think it yeah, it was right before basically COVID. Like it was that September yeah. before, right? Yeah. It was so weird. I actually saw a photo the other day that was taken at that event of like all these people in this room learning. All of us in my, a crowd. <laughs> yeah. My immediate gut reaction was like, why aren't they wearing masks? Like, why are they in a crowd? Right. But yeah. uh I had the opportunity to meet you before wearing masks Mm -hmm. was a thing. And uh, (laughs) after following your content since that point now, something that I have realized is that you educate very regularly on the importance of uh, including foods that are important to one's culture Mm -hmm. and why we don't need to be cutting these foods out simply because this big bad diet culture labels Mm -hmm. them as bad or you know quote unquote off limits so would you mind sharing a little bit more about why you feel that is a really important part of of health and well-being is having that connection to one's uh foods and their culture yeah so i think that anybody that comes from a background that is different from that of the united states (laughs) can agree that we grew up kind of like in limbo. I think that as a first generation, you know, Dominican American, it was like, am I Dominican enough? Am I American enough? It was like this weird, like in between of wanting to be like super American and eat like my white friends, right? Because that was like cool to me. And then coming home and mom having like rice and beans every single day and being like, you have to eat this. Um, <laughs> so I feel like food, we are very connected to the foods that we grew up. And sometimes like when we're kids or teenagers or whatever it is in that rebellious um, stage of our life, we don't realize how important it is Mm -hmm. um but as a full-grown adult now barely um i've come to realize just the nostalgia and you know emotion that is connected to a lot of the dishes that my mom you know made growing up and now making them for my kids and you know there's just there's so much more than just food right Mm -hmm. it's it's tradition it's it's passing these traditions down to to our children and our family and you know looking back and thinking of like traditional dishes for easter which is coming up or like traditional dishes when we have parties or baptisms or any type of celebration like my kids are going to know that because i'm going to pass them down to them but what happens when diet culture steals that from you what happens when diet culture tells you you have to healthify every single thing on your plate what are you going to pass down to your kids it's like your your culture is going to be washed away and they're not going to have an identity to cling to when it comes to that culture because you changed up every dish trying to make it healthier and you know something that I often talk about when I talk to the community here in Philadelphia is that listen just because you want to try new vegetables right like broccoli broccoli is something that I feel like a lot of people want to try or Brussels sprouts or like asparagus all of these like to me very American vegetables those don't fit well in our food 
like it, it just doesn't mix with a lot of the flavors and seasonings and things that we put in and at least in my Dominican dishes it just doesn't go well so why are we going to completely overhaul a dish just to add broccoli why not find a cuisine that has broccoli native to it so that if you want to try that dish you can try a dish where it's meant to be in and you can enjoy it and not completely change your culture so I think that that's the way that I look at it like we need to stop trying to healthify every single thing that we eat when it comes to our cultural foods and really focus on oh I really like this particular ingredient how can I add it to my day but maybe trying a new cuisine where it's culturally appropriate or how can I spice it up in a way that I like it and have it every once in a while but when it comes to like parties and celebrations I can keep my traditional dishes there and pass on both to my kids right it hasn't it doesn't have to be all or nothing it doesn't have to be black or white there could be a happy medium yeah something that I'm being reminded of is you're sharing like there are just certain dishes that certain foods mm-hmm. don't fit well no. into and they're not meant to be there. The, yeah. the, meme, the meme that's coming to my mind, I don't know if you've seen these, there's like a thousand different iterations of them, but kind of joking, like, why does cauliflower have to wear so many different freaking yes. hats? Like, why can't we just let it be let cauliflower it be. Yeah. and not let it try to be rice? <laughs> or a crust. Don't even get me started on the crust, right? And again, nothing inherently wrong with wanting to try a new or a different food, but I think you bring up a really good point of like knowing where these foods are going to fit and where it's going to feel appropriate and where it really is okay to um, keep a variety of foods that actually work in certain dishes and are representative of your culture. If you don't mind me asking, you mentioned uh, many of the the dishes that you make to celebrate certain events or mm-hmm. things like birthdays or baptisms. Would you mind sharing, like, if you had to choose one of your favorite dishes that you either grew up eating or you yeah. eat now, like, what would that be? I'm just curious to learn a little bit more about Dominican cuisine. Yeah. So one of my favorite dishes, Dominican dishes, it's not something that, it's just something you eat all the time. It's not something that is particular to one um one um, holiday or it's not something that you would eat at a celebration either because it's very elaborate and um, you can't feed a lot of people at once with it. So it's something that's very individual that you would make for like your family on one day. Uh Um, But it's called dumpling, which is basically dumplings. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you just roll up the flour and make discs and then boil them. And so you have these big discs of like dumplings. They're not stuffed with anything. They're just, you know, floaty, delicious dough discs. Um, and then Dominicans love salami. So like Dominican salami, not like Italian salami. It's different. Uh-huh. I know. It's crazy. Um, and then you basically make like a broth with the salami. So you use like tomato paste, you know, oil, add tons of onions and peppers, Um, and you make like a sauce out of it and then you pour it over the dumplings and you kind of like eat it with the broth. It's literally my most favorite Dominican dish. Um, And for a lot of people, you know, looking at it, they'd be like, well, there's not enough vegetables. I'm like, dude, do you know how many onions and peppers take to cut up to make this broth? Like that's a lot. (laughs) They're just cut up into little chunks. So again, we have this idea that our plates need to be set up as my plate make half your plates, Mm -hmm. fruits and vegetables, a quarter of this, a quarter of that. But it's like, 
we don't, at least Dominican people don't eat that way. We put everything in one dish. So vegetables, what I'm putting in, all of those onions, all of those peppers, all of, all of that, you know, all of that in that broth, right? All of the nutrients are going into the broth. You're getting all the fiber from when you're chewing the veggies. Like you're getting them. They just don't look like the my plate. Yeah. My plate is um a rigid way of representing what a plate quote unquote yeah. should look like, right? But you yeah. bring up this idea of having this all in one bowl or one dish mm-hmm. can identify different food groups, different mm-hmm. flavors, different nutrients, but it mm-hmm. just shows up in a way a that's different, different way. from like the, the categories on the plate. And I have to say, as you were describing that dish, A, sounds delicious. I've never had it, but it sounds really good. And B, I can only imagine how good your house smells when you are making that. Oh my God. Yes. The broth smells so good. And then something else that they do with the dough. So sometimes when there's leftover dough and you don't want to boil it, you can fry it. And we, it's called ñañiqueques, which is such a weird word. <laughs> I love saying it. <laughs> but then you have the fried discs. And, and they're salty and delicious and doughy. Um, and then you, and you just eat it like that. Like you don't need to dip it in anything. You don't need to do it. It's so good. You just eat it. Oh, we love, we love carbohydrates, especially yes. when they're salty yes. and delicious. Yes. So good. It's like, it's, I can't, I can't even describe it. It's just amazing. <laughs> I love it. Building off of this, I have a question that's a little bit more maybe geared towards your work with individuals either in your community or in your private practice. Um, If you have someone who comes to you and is maybe struggling with making peace with a certain food that is really important to his, her, or their culture, and I know there's a lot involved in this, but what would you say are maybe some of the first initial steps in helping that individual to make peace with that food or to to learn how to have a enjoyable relationship with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that the first fear is it's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's the first reason, right? Like I can't eat this because it's not healthy. And I like to break it down by ingredients, just like we did with the dumplings, right? Like, okay, so how do you make this dish? what what's in this dish what kind of ingredients are in this dish and let's talk about how it's filling and checking off all of the boxes that my plate probably wants you to check off um and or you know or the nutrition right or for instance if they're trying to manage chronic disease we can check off well this is how this nutrient is going to help you in this way this is how that nutrient or ingredient is going to help you in that way so you take the fear away mm-hmm. so i think that it's important again and and this is something that you know just drives me bonkers is that nutrition is very fear based when it comes mm-hmm. to like a public health you know standpoint you can't eat this it causes this <laughs> how about we just change it like hey why don't you add more of this it helps you with this yeah. um and so that's how i like to to kind of like change the change it from fear based to fact based and like abundancy you know based like this is how this dish will help you with xyz um, and this is how these nutrients will help you with xyz so you don't have to fear it you can eat it and know that it's serving a purpose yeah i think that's so powerful like telling people instead of jumping to this conclusion of Mm -hmm. this food is bad i have to Mm -hmm. cut it out and i can never Mm -hmm. have it again that you dig in a little bit more and you say well let's actually explore 
what's in this and what Mm -hmm. ingredients it has. And I love that you mentioned educating on the facts rather than playing the fear. Something that I do a lot with my clients when there is maybe a fear food or a nutrition myth, I think one of the best ways to unlearn diet culture is to actually have the facts around what certain foods actually do for us and um, how they fit into our lives and what they Mm -hmm. do for our bodies. I mean, would you kind of say, to put this in intuitive eating terms, would you say this falls into like the gentle nutrition category or where would you kind of um, put this? I think- I think it's a mix of gentle nutrition and food police, right? Because oh. you're policing yourself <laughs> yes. based on the fear that you have around a certain ingredient. So in order to kind of be able to walk away from that fear, you need to have that gentle nutrition component of it and understand how it plays a role in nutrition um, so that you no longer have to fear it and you can kick that food police to the curb. So I think yeah. it's a little bit of both. I agree. And I think um, you bring up a really good point. I think sometimes when people hear about the 10 principles of intuitive eating, mm-hmm. you kind of view them as like 10 steps that have to be done mm-hmm. in a linear fashion. Right? Yes. I always yes. tell my clients like, yeah, these 10 principles, as Evelyn Triboli says, she says, mm-hmm. you know, they're guideposts, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we talk about one and then we're on to the next one and mm-hmm. we never turn back. I think yeah. all of it relates and it's really mm-hmm. important to know when we do have to use some gentle nutrition knowledge to yeah. uh, make the food police piped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my, my next and, and final question for you, cause I feel like we've touched on, um, a couple of different things. We talked about <laughs> cultural foods. We talked about gentle nutrition. You shared mm. um, the delicious, I'm not even going to try mm. to pronounce the name. Dumpling. <laughs> you say it way better than I ever could. Um, but if anyone who is listening to this is maybe really resonating with what you were saying, like, oh my gosh, I have grown up to believe that part of the foods that were once so important to me and that my family made are now bad and I'm not allowed to have them. Like what maybe advice or parting words would you offer to that individual so they can start stepping away from that? Yeah. I think one, remember the feeling it gives you when you eat it or when you remember growing up cooking it or when you remember your mom, your grandmother, your aunts, family members, just the joy that it brought to make these dishes. I think that having that nostalgia really kicks back or kicks in and you're like, damn, like there has to be good in here, right? Like we need to stop thinking so much of the negative and, you know, and start seeing the good. Um, and then coming to it from a place of curiosity, right? Like, what about this food causes fear? Like, what ingredient am I fearful of? Um, how can I look up some gentle nutrition, you know, facts about this? How can I see it from a place of abundancy instead of a place of fear? And, you know, sometimes you can do that on your own, right? Very easily if you've been on this journey for a while. Um, or, you know, you could dm or ask someone for help i think that there's plenty of resources out here Um, there's plenty of us doing this work and we can definitely you know guide you through a little bit um or even have resources that can guide you through it a little bit but you don't have to do it alone and if you feel like it's overwhelming uh, there's definitely something out there that can help you 
again, view things from a curious place. And I think that that's a, that's something that I try to, um, do in just all aspects of my life. Like instead of being so judgmental, being curious about the feeling and why, why I'm feeling that way. Cause there's always something, right. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. There's always a reason. So, um, usually when it comes to food, it's one particular ingredient. <laughs> it's usually one thing <laughs> that throws you off in a dish. So again, being curious and asking yourself why. And I think too, we can learn so mm-hmm. much more about ourselves, about our relationships with food. If we mm-hmm. do approach with that questioning and that curious type of mentality, rather than jumping into the food police or the can mm-hmm. can and the shoulds and the shoulds nots, because mm-hmm. when we go into that space, we really squash our ability to be able to learn and possibly unlearn something that could be really helpful and yeah. helping us to, to make peace with food as we move forward. So yeah. uh, you set me up like a bowling pin for my actual <laughs> final question. You were, you were just touching on sometimes the importance of having support and mm-hmm. community and guidance in navigating some of this, yeah. especially if someone is maybe newer to this information. So I would love for you to take a moment and just plug a, where people can find you and mm-hmm. where they can get more information about what you have to offer if they uh, want more on everything that we talked about today. Yeah. So you can find me on, um, Instagram or Tiki talkie, like I like to call it. Um, and my handle is your, well, on Instagram is your dot Latina dot nutritionist. And on TikTok, it's just your Latina nutritionist. Um, and I offer groups. I offer one-on-ones. Um, I also have a podcast that you can listen to um, for some free resources. Um, And you can find all of that in the link in my bios. (laughs) Pretty much find you on social media. Yeah. uh, Dots on Instagram, ditch Mm -hmm. dots with TikTok, and Mm -hmm. then all of the other information will be found there. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been so great talking to you. We haven't actually gotten to speak one-on-one since we met what feels like forever ago. Forever. So much for uh, taking the time out of your super hectic, crazy, busy schedule and snow day to talk with us here on the Yours Truly podcast. And my listening friends, that is all we have for you today. So we are going to sign off. Yours Truly, Claire and Elena. And that is a wrap for episode 165. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the podcast. Before we officially wrap up, two final things. First, my always request and plug that lives at the end of every episode. If you enjoyed this conversation or if you like anything that you've ever heard here on the podcast, it would mean the world to me and our guests as well if you could tap those five stars and leave a review letting us know what you get out of this, what you like about the show, and what you'd like to see more of. Your support, leaving reviews and ratings and all the things is the best way to help the show grow. So thank you in advance if you choose to do something like that. Second thing, final reminder here, if you want to join us for my free masterclass that I am hosting one week from today, 
on Wednesday, March 16th from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can register by clicking the link below in the show notes. Again, this masterclass is free and it is all about meal planning and grocery shopping for the intuitive eater. I'm sharing my favorite meal planning tool that is diet free, might I add. I think that goes without saying, but thought I should clarify. And we're also gonna be talking about some tips for navigating the grocery store in a way that is more time efficient and budget friendly. So I hope to see you there. Register in the link below. And until next week, stay safe and happy National Nutrition Month. Talk soon.